0: The talk. i should have expected to find you holding vader's leash i recognized your foul stench when i was brought on board a little short for a stormtrooper this is some rescue into the garbage chute flyboy will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way hey, nothing you're braver than i thought i just assumed he's a whoopie i don't know where you get your delusions laser brain why you stuck up half-witted Ruffy-looking nerf herder. You shouldn't have to do this to impress me. Would it help if I got out and pushed? Captain, being held by you isn't quite enough to get me excited.
1: Bonus episode.
0: There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy like shooting at a warm rat but it's all been done before we don't want to be a copycat we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it, it, it's a trap! Good good Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Leftovers, Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty Leftover. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.
2: Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian, I am a leftover, and joining me this week...
0: Straight out of England and into your ear pussies. He's a motherfucking Jedi.
2: It's Dan West. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan West is joining us. no Stacy All right, and also joining us uh, today is uh, Janine Daling. Janine, welcome. Hello. Uh, we do not, uh, my right-hand man, Jake, is not with us today. I got a text earlier today. He said he had the flu. It was a game-time decision for him, and then later on he told me he can't do it. He's not feeling good. So, it is the three of us that are going to be talking, uh, today. It's going to be, uh, Star Wars news. All Star Wars news. Um, unless we go down a rabbit hole. Who knows? But, um, I wanted to start off the show, um, you know, talking about the recent passing of Carrie Fisher. Uh I think we need it to talk about it. I mean, as far as celebrity deaths go, I mean I've I've been affected, but not to this level. Um and I found out the news on the twenty seventh uh at work. I checked my phone and as soon as I read it, that she had passed, it felt like I, it felt like somebody like knocked the wind out of me. And yeah, I like being hit by a truck. Yeah. I said, I said, I got to I got to I got to leave work for a moment, guys. I, I got to get out of here. I got to clear my head. And they, they, they were fine with it. They didn't know what was going on. But, you know, and I left, I left work for a little over an hour and, uh, I mean, I just, I went to the car and I cried. I mean, I've never f- felt, I've never cried over a, the death of a celebrity to like, to the point where I was at, to tears. And yeah. this just, it hit me because I, I it carries like, she's just an amazing person. Um, yeah. and, uh, she, she was always in your face, like all the time. <laughs> I mean, she's not one of these celebrities that is muzzled. She's not worried about, oh yeah, public <laughs> image. She's always in your face, and she's always saying things, whether you agree with it or not. She's all she's she had always been a controversial person, and I. You know, of course, just like most people, I was introduced to her as, you know, Princess Leia. And then yeah. I found her other yeah. works. You know, I found, you know, Blues Brothers and like When Harry Met Sally and, and, uh, you know, Wishful Drinking and all these other things that she's done. But, um, I, I'm gonna let you guys take the floor now and, and talk a little bit about
3: Carrie. Okay. Well, seeing as I'm on here quite a lot, I'll let Jadine go first. Oh,
1: okay. Um, I mean, so- yeah. I saw Carrie Fisher really for the first time as a little girl watching A New Hope. Um, you know, my dad had the, had the Star Wars movies on VCR and I wanted to watch them at least once a week. And this was, I mean, she was the first princess who wasn't the damsel in distress. She was the first female role model for a young girl who stared Darth Vader in the face and did not cower. She was the first princess to do that. She was the first princess to rescue herself. And for her to just live her life like that, whether it was she was facing addiction or her mental health issues, to just live her life staring down whatever was in her face, she's been like an icon and... You know, hashtag goals for me for as long as I can remember. Uh, uh, like, like the whole quote going around about um, how she wanted her obituary to read of uh, that whole story, about how she couldn't wear a bra under that white dress that she wore it in A New Hope.
0: Yeah. And it's because George
1: <laughs> Lucas told her, you know, when you go into space, you become weightless and your body expands, but your bra doesn't. So you get strangled by your underwear. And she's like, that's what I want my obituary to read. Tell my friends, no matter how I went out, I drowned in moonlight, strangled by my own bra. (laughs) I mean,
3: incredible! How
1: much more of a badass can you be?
3: No, I know it's insane, and like you're saying that you know she stares down Vader and stuff in the film. She's one of the only characters that fucking like squares up to him. Everyone else cowers in his presence, but Leia doesn't, And, and you know Carrie Fisher is like a huge part of, of the character. Obviously she was, she was, written a certain way, but I mean, just doing some digging around and things like that. I knew she was a script doctor for a lot of, uh, like massive hits. Oh and yeah. This all, and that all started in a new hope. She would like rewrite her lines and things like that. So I'm going to, well, I'm going to say, I'm going to assume we know for a fact that, you know, she like, put a lot of herself into that role and just like Janine was saying she was, you know, obviously it's great that we've got you on, on this because, you know, you can give us the, like, the other perspective Um but as a guy like Leia represented not only like an incredibly strong female character for me like as a child, you know, I, I grew up with strong female characters because of Leia and like because of Ripley and characters like that and um you know, like <sighs> This, I mean, without sounding weird, you know, she was what she's the kind of woman that I would want to have in my life. And, you know, like that was like very few and far between, like in a lot of like pop culture and media and things like that. And I did actually see that Kevin Smith said that one as well on his um, I think it was on his Hulu show that he did the spoiler show. Hey, my question
2: for you is what hasn't Kevin Smith said?
3: yeah that's true yeah yeah he's got it pretty much everything covered
2: yeah i mean he's got yeah he's got the uh he's got the market cornered on words i'll tell you that much (laughs) jesus
3: yeah but he said the same the same thing you know like he said that he always wanted he always wanted to marry princess leia and then he always wanted to marry carrie fisher and but it inspired him to look for a woman that was like that. And he said, and I found that woman and that, and he married her and that's his wife. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel the same way about Kat as well. You know, she's incredibly like strong, independent woman and um, Carrie Fisher and Leia are responsible for what I look in, in, for in a woman. It's, it's it's crazy about how deep this sort of, um, like the inspiration goes from like when we're kids and things like that. But I I just love the fact that, like you were saying, Brian, that she just had no qualms about telling everyone exactly what she thought. And whether you agreed with her or not, she just didn't care. And, you know, she was just an incredible person. It sounds,
2: I'm not trying to, you know, pat my own back here, but it does sound a little bit like me in a little, you know, in a little way. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I totally learned that from Carrie Fisher. I don't really care what people have to say about me, and I just, yeah. No, I'm not trying to compare myself to her. She's, she's an <laughs> icon. She was amazing. She was just, I don't know, man. It's like, I, I would say she's one of my first crushes, and, uh, um, yeah, so. and, 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 uh, I looked at her in a certain way when I was a child, and then, like, I like, totally looked at her a different way, and I, when I turned, uh, you know, 14, and I watched, uh, Return of the Jedi, um <laughs> so.
1: well there was an interview um i forget what show she was on where she said a fan came up to her and he's like oh my god you're carrie fisher i thought about you every day from when i was 14 to 24 and she goes every day and he goes uh, uh, four times a day
2: <laughs> yeah and then he asked her to sign his tissues. Um,
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was that was the graham norton show because i actually watched that live (laughs) uh,
2: they didn't lucas make a sex doll out of her didn't it was like a licensed star wars doll and it was i
3: have never heard that that i don't know
2: (laughs) yeah it was during her uh when she was doing like her stand-up routine uh she would actually there was a um they actually lowered this doll onto the stage and she talked about how a certain fan actually like was lugging this around at a convention and asked her to sign it and as she's signing it she knows what this guy did to this doll. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my God. Well, she, I mean it's funny. I mean it's 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 actually pretty hilarious that she brought it up on stage and and did her whole stand up act around that. So Yeah, yeah. But
3: that's the thing is she she doesn't she never sort of like was repulsed by that kind of thing. You know, people like like, you know, a million people have said that to her and she just goes, oh, yeah, well, that's fine.
2: Right. Yeah. She admitted to actually um, (laughs) sleeping with some Star Wars nerds uh, in one of her books. She talks about it. And uh, these guys that were obsessed with Princess Leia. And she actually she admitted to sleeping with a few of them. She said she didn't really get a lot out of it, but uh, they did. (laughs) So
3: (laughs) that's very kind of her.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh dear. Um, Yeah,
3: um, sort of bringing it to—I mean—another sort of side of her that uh, you know we sort of we've only briefly touched on, but something which is incredibly important to me was um, uh, her like mental health. issues and how she would just come out and say to people that she had like the bipolar disorder and stuff and i only found this out in um uh 2006 because she did a documentary with stephen fry which was called the secret life of the manic depressive and i saw that um a year uh, yeah, about a year after I was diagnosed as bipolar and I've always followed Stephen Fry because he's always been very open and honest about it as well. And he's been a big inspiration for me. But to find out that Carrie Fisher w- was is the same. Um, and uh, then I would obviously sort of like look at her, like talk like her interviews and stuff where she's incredibly candid and honest and open about it. And it's just um, it's she's just an inspiration uh, to me because she helped me uh sort of come to terms and also understand um you know this disorder that some people have and uh and, and again like we haven't sort of brought up any of the sort of shit that people have been saying but you know people have been saying like oh you know she's just another actress it's like no she's not just another fucking actress she's been part of our lives since we were kids you know, she's inspired millions of women and men all across the world. She's a spokesperson for mental illness. And, you know, just like you said, Brian, she's just got like balls of steel when it comes to public opinion. And she just doesn't give a shit. She, if more people were like her, it would be a better place.
2: What if, why do people feel the need to say that when a celebrity passes away, why does the internet Feel like some. Why does a portion of the internet feel like they have to react that way and say those things? Like, I've never understood that. Like, let people mourn and grieve the way that they're going to grieve. And like, of course, you know, I've never met Carrie Fisher, but I mean, she's been a part of my life. All you know, growing up, and she's always been there. And and it, it, it's just, it's one of those things where where when that's ripped out of your life and. And, and and I and I, I have an attachment to people that love animals anyway, and the way that she loves, you know, her dog Gary and and. Um, <laughs> I, love oh Gary. God, I love Gary. <laughs> I
0: love
2: Gary. I I judge people on the way that they treat their animals. Um, if yeah, I'm the same way. And because you know, I give to animal charities and things like that, and I've I've always. I've always loved animals. I read a story today where like somebody left like two million dollars to like animal charities after they died, and I'm thinking to myself, good, because if they they <laughs> they probably would have left it to some family member who's an asshole and that would squander it. And so this is a yeah. good thing. And and um, so I think that's a that's a, I think she's just a wonderful, caring person. I I know she had a troubled life, but. I, I mean, it's, you got to understand, it, coming from like, you know, somewhat of Hollywood royalty and I mean, her mother was was beautiful and gorgeous and she had a lot to live up to, I'm sure. and um, And then her getting her own stardom and then also dealing with being bipolar. I mean, she had a rough life, but I feel like once she got a grip on everything and the addictions and everything that she tried to enrich everyone else's life to try to help them get through it. Like I've been down this road and they'll listen to her because she's Carrie Fisher. Like I can tell you like my experience and it may not do anything for you, but if you're hearing it from princess Leia from Carrie Fisher, I mean, she has the ability to inspire millions and that's what she left everyone. And I think that's what everyone's mourning, whether it be you're mourning the character of Princess Leia or everything else that she did in her, in her artistry. And, and, and I, 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 she did a lot. I mean, she just wasn't an actress. I mean, she was also a writer. Um, so she did, she did a lot in her career, but I'm rambling at this point. I just I I miss her, and it sucks. And I'm glad that we I'm glad that we're talking about it. It, It's it's therapeutic in a way.
1: No, yeah, definitely. And I think. You know, just her taking some of the stigma out of mental illness and acknowledging that you even have it, because people would ask her, like, are you know, do you consider yourself mentally ill? And instead of shying away from it, she said, uh, yes, I have a chemical imbalance. I'm mentally ill. But, you know, but she but she sought help. She got the on her medication and she helped to remove some of the stigma and bring it out of the dark and making people feel ashamed for something that they really can't control
0: mm-hmm.
1: without seeking some sort of help. And so even just, even if you just took away everything else and focused on that, like she did so much for so many people to just help them deal with their own issues. Just that alone is, is amazing.
3: Yeah, yeah. exactly. she's just, just a fucking all out hero, basically. And anyone that says any different is just wrong.
2: Yeah, I just don't understand the people that have to call other people out <laughs> once once a celebrity dies, and you know, just say, "Oh, they're just a person. Oh, you, you never met them." It's like, come on, just 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 let it go today. Just you know, come on, you can yeah, give just, us a break. Yeah, dude, we get it. Like, put you know what? I get your that thought is bouncing around and you're but just you know what today just unplug the keyboard and say, you know what, I'm just going to let these people handle this in the way that they want to handle it. So, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that, like, our page on, on Pop Culture Leftovers, I'd say 99% of the people on there were awesome and handled this yeah. in a great way. There was one person that I had to ban from the page um, that said a couple shitty things in uh, one of our threads. Um,
1: Shit. Oh,
2: wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, since he put it out there, his name is Dan Meisner. Uh, that's D-A-N-M-I-S-N-E-R. Uh, you're an asshole. You're a fucking asshole. And if you're listening to this, you're a fucking asshole. So if you have the balls to put it on the page, then I'm going to actually have the nerve to bring up your name on the podcast. So sue me. Anyway. <laughs> Well, then I second that you're an asshole, Dan. Yeah. Hey. Not this <laughs> not Dan. Not, you. <laughs> not this Dan. Yeah, <laughs> not you, so, chewy.
0: <laughs> but uh,
2: yeah, he was he was kind of a cock, and I didn't respond to him. You know, I, I sometimes I do respond to the trolls. Sometimes I like to bat them around, you know, and have a little fun with them. But not not on that day. I just I just ah, banned no. him. I'm not gonna. I don't want to put anybody else through through that. So I just banned him. Um, yeah. And then uh, we also found out just yesterday that Debbie Reynolds passed away. And um, that's another – it's just a tragic story. Um, part of me thinks like after Carrie died, she just couldn't take it anymore and had the stroke. And even her son Todd said – Todd Fisher said that she just wanted to be with Carrie.
3: Yeah, um, those were her last words, weren't they?
2: Yeah. I, and they were
1: – yeah, they were super close. They lived like – practically next door to each other. Yeah. So uh, Carrie and Debbie were just super close as a mother and daughter. So I have no doubt that, you know, part of it was just the stress of losing your child and, you know, maybe even just like a broken heart. And she just couldn't
2: deal with it. There was a time in their life though, where they didn't talk for about 10 years. Nice. Um, but I think honestly that I think that that can strengthen a relationship because once that connection is, it, once you bring that connection back, it, it's stronger. Um, I, I I speak from personal experience. Uh, there was a time where I didn't talk to my own mother for four years um, because me and my mom are a lot alike um, mm. and we're bullheaded and we're stubborn and you put me and my mom in the same room. Uh, sometimes it's going to be, uh, you know, bare knuckle boxing, you know, and we, <laughs> we, we don't always get along. And so for four years, she was out of my life. But now, in the past three years that she's been back in my life, um, we're this, I'm, me and my mom are the closest that we've ever been. My mom texts me, my mom worries about me, and, 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 and um, uh, my mom and dad have helped me out tremendously like these last few years of my life. And I think that that's kind of like what happened with Carrie is that she had her mother out of her life for so long that like, once they got reconnected, it was like, let's start over. Um mm-hmm. And then they valued that mother daughter relationship that much more. And I, you've got to look at like Debbie Reynolds had a really rough life. Yes. She was, a very talented singer, actress, uh dancer, and made a lot of people happy. But, I mean, her husband, uh, Carrie's father, left her while she was pregnant with Todd, I believe, and left her for Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. And yeah. then she remarried and... Her next husband blew all of her fortune away on gambling, and she had to sell. I I think she sold millions of dollars of memorabilia just to pay back the banks, and and then watching her daughter go through her addiction and things like that. I mean, she had a rough life. Yeah. So it's, but it's it's nice that that uh, at the at the end, you know, they were all getting along and and happy, uh, as far as I know. So it's, uh, it's, it's sad. it's, It's in a way it's sad, but in a way it's beautiful that, that, that she loved her daughter so much that the day after her daughter passed away and it's, it's, it's gotta be awful for a parent to lose their child. I, my great grandmother watched my grandmother die and it was so hard on her and it doesn't matter how old you are. It, it it's never easier. So it's, uh, whew, I don't
3: know.
1: They're always going to be your child. So yeah, no matter how old they get. So,
2: yeah,
3: mm. yeah, it's tragic. But I mean, it, it's, it's not, it's not a good thing at all, but it, it's just so- something which will be, I'm going to assume will be coming out. There's going to be, um, a documentary, which is about Carrie Fisher and, um, and uh, 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 Debbie Reynolds It's called bright lights and it's a, just a documentary about them and their lives and them living next door to each other and stuff. And that's uh that should be, I don't know if that's come out yet or if that's going to be coming out next year. I'm not too sure. Yeah. I think but it's like going to be coming re- out
1: next year.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I just saw like a, a, a sort of a, a clip from it whilst I was, you know, doing some, uh, some research for this episode and I, mm-hmm. I had no idea that it was going to happen. Um, but yeah, they, they sort of followed them around and it's going to be like a, you know, not a reality TV thing at all, but like a documentary about them both. So, you know, we will get to see them again, like hanging out together and having, having a hell of a good time together. I'm assuming mm-hmm. and, uh, hoping for not, not too much drama and a lot of happy times. It'll yeah. be, it'll be amazing.
2: I mean, th- this happened earlier this year. I mean, uh, Zsa, Zsa Gabor passed away and then like within days, her adopted son, he passed away. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It's really sad now um as far as huh, I, uh, we've we know we're gonna see Carrie again in episode eight yeah now as far as, so she's gonna be reprising her role as Princess Leia in episode eight how are they going to be treating this, uh, going forward. Um, do you guys have an opinion? I mean, th- there's nothing concrete right now, so nothing you can say is wrong. But how yeah. will, how will Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm handle the death of Carrie Fisher, um, going forward?
3: I have no idea. It's, uh, I know I've seen reports that she has, she finished all of her filming before she passed away. So <clears throat> I'm going to assume that most of episode eight will be as it was intended to be, but, um, whether or not they, they change the end or, uh, maybe something will come up in the crawl for episode nine. Uh, either way, it's going to be fucking brutal. It really is. Cause I was talking to Frank earlier and he was saying that he went and saw, um, rogue one again. Uh, and he obviously this was after Carrie Fisher passed away, and and it, he said at the end when they sort of have the, the the sort of the the younger layer talk about hope. He said he was holding it together until he saw that, and then he just fucking lost it like <laughs> in the cinema with everybody there. It's um yeah, it's gonna be tough whatever they come up with.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, do- I'm just really hoping that they don't do like a CGI Tarkin version no. of her no. in episode nine. No. If, if there's a petition for that, I will sign it and share it um, because she deserves so much more than that. Um, her character needs to be written off in a very respectful way for the, for the legacy that she's left behind in star Wars. Um, and it, it can't be cheapened with, with some CGI
2: bullshit in episode yeah. 9. No, you 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 you're, you're absolutely right. I, I and I think that I think that Kathleen Kennedy and the people there understand that if I know this is going to sound crazy, but if if Cinnabon can't get away with a tweet about her death, then there's
3: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>.
2: There's <laughs> yeah. no way that they're going to be they that they're going to push the envelope and do that. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Cinnabon, uh every May fourth, um, they they tweet something like, uh, uh Best Buns in the Galaxy, and it's uh you know, May the Fourth be with you, and it's it's a picture of Princess Leia and with like Cinnabon buns mm-hmm. in her hair. And uh they did that on the day that she passed away and they put something like still got the best buns in the galaxy and people flip the fuck out. Um, because they feel like Cinnabon was trying to capitalize on somebody's death. It's like, in a way, I get it. Like it's pretty, it's, a, it's a dumb move. I, I don't think that they, I don't think that they intended it to, to be something disrespectful. I think that they should have just tweeted something saying our thoughts go out to the family of Carrie Fisher it, instead of, you know, like bringing it up again. That yeah, we get it, Cinnabon. You sell fucking cinnamon buns. You sell sticky buns. We fucking get it. It's like we don't need <laughs> McDonald's to tell us that they sell fucking hamburgers. You know, I don't need I don't need Cinnabon to remind me that they sell fucking cinnamon buns. I get it. Everybody fucking yeah. knows you sell cinnamon buns. All right. So yeah, it, yeah, it, it was in
1: poor taste. Um, I mean, I, I get what they were doing, and if they had waited until. May 4th to sort of tweet something like that I think the sting of of her death would have been softened to the point where we could look at it fondly yeah sure it was just way too soon
2: no can you imagine like pulling up your phone you're hanging out with your significant other and you're you pull up your phone you're in the mall you just happen to be in the mall or at an airport and you're just like you're looking through there and you're like oh Carrie Fisher just died hey hey, honey you want to get a Cinnabon yeah (laughs) you hungry for Cinnabon no it's completely just just Uh, stupid who who, somebody somebody needs to get fired over at Cinnabon for that number one and I'm not saying that they did it to be disrespectful I just think it was a stupid move um what what do you think did you guys see the tweet that Steve Martin pulled from Twitter
3: uh yeah I did I did see that and I did read it I think I i think i read it the way that he intended it sure to be read which was that he was basically saying that she was he said she's the most beautiful creature that he had ever seen and then when he got to meet her she was charming and witty and she was the whole package mm-hmm. so but lots of people have read that like he was saying oh she was gorgeous Oh, and then she turned out to be smart. Like, what a surprise, or, or something like that. But that that's not how he fucking meant it. And yeah, because he,
2: you know, she fought for feminism. I, I totally understand what you're saying, Dan. I feel like, honestly, what he says kind of, kind of is actually promoting what she stood for. Don't judge a book by its cover.
3: Yeah, and, and also just paying her like massive compliments as well. Sure. So. But, yeah, you know, I can see how how it was written in those 140 characters that people could, like, misconstrued it in a different way. But people fucking went off on him. Oh, yeah, they did. They, that was, oh, God. But, again, you know, if you're going to write something that's uh, you know, could be taken two different ways, maybe you should, like, think about writing something a little bit more heartfelt and less kind of punny. Yeah. Um, Maybe he should
2: The next tweet he The next tweet he. uh, It should have been like a picture of him eating a a Cinnabon saying, fuck (laughs) you.
3: (laughs) Best buns in the galaxy. (laughs) The only thing I think with all this is uh, what Carrie Fisher will will be thinking, which is that she'd fucking love it. She would, because that's just her kind of sense of humor and right. the fact that people are shit in the bed over things like cinnabon and the steve martin quote right is, uh, she would be she's just fucking rolling right now <laughs> yeah
2: yeah she's eating a cinnamon bun up there in heaven so
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> johnny said something really cool as well which was uh we watched the the afi um uh speech that she gave and she basically roasted george lucas have you seen that
2: i haven't oh. seen that
3: I I think it's for like a, I don't know if it was a Lifetime Achievement Award or something like that, but she basically presented him with this award and she, it's about five minutes, the speeches, and it is fucking hilarious. She brings up like all the best stories about Star Wars and that how star wars ruined her life but in but in the best way and just like had a go at him but it was all in fun and it was all like you know full of love and respect and all the rest of it and um johnny said like you know who who is there up in heaven that she can give a good roasting and i was like fucking hell dude just kenny baker obviously Yeah, she's gonna be there like just having a go at him asking him about all those pictures of all the naked women that are inside the RT unit that the crew put up in there and said that's not fucking feminist <laughs>
2: <laughs> right oh my god i gotta huh. you gotta um you gotta be thankful that there were uh i know that she didn't pull through but you gotta be thankful that there was an emt on the plane that did their best
3: yes that's what that's what jc said as well man the 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 insane respect to the people that got her from that flight to the hospital i just can't even imagine what that would have been like
2: yeah yeah so
1: yeah they gave her family enough time just to you know come together and you know whether or not she could hear them it doesn't matter but they were there to to basically say goodbye and i mean those few minutes are are everything
2: yeah yeah you're absolutely right you're absolutely right just to be by her side, maybe to hold her mm-hmm. hand and tell her, you know, what, you know, she meant to them. And, and I can't imagine what Billy Lord is going through losing both oh. her mother and her grandmother within days I- of each other. Um I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that, um I'm hoping that she's going to be okay. I mean, I can't imagine what she's going through. I mean, she's got a, she's a rising star. And to not have her mother there supporting her, yeah um and her grandmother there to support her in this I mean she's doing the Scream Queen show I mean she also has another role in Star Wars episode 8 um I hope that Lucasfilm will take care of her yeah going forward I hope that I really do I hope that Lucasfilm will will make her part of that family and take care of her whether it be voice roles on on uh, Rebels and other future projects or not Rebels but other future projects yeah. Um, because, yeah. yeah, her character, of course, wasn't around during Rebels. I don't need Correction Tuesday bullshit when I'm emotional people. Um, but <laughs> like in future installments, I, 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 want Lucasfilm to take care of her. Um, I think she's a big, Carrie Fisher was a big part of fucking Star Wars, guys. And yeah, I think that having her daughter be a part of the universe in the future going forward would mean a lot to fans. And a lot to that family, too, so that's that's yeah, what I'm agreed. trying to say.: Yeah, I one
3: hundred percent agree and And I would love to see Gary in Star Wars as well. Yes, oh. because because that's what she wanted. She spoke to George Lucas about getting Gary in the film somewhere, and he oh. said no. So hopefully, you know, maybe maybe one of her one of her wishes is that Gary will be in in episode eight or episode nine. I would oh. fucking love Gary to be in Star
1: Wars. He needs to be wearing like a little tauntaun costume. I think that would just be perfect.
3: <laughs> I honestly, what
2: what I think that what they what they would do is they would take Gary, they would have Gary bark, and they would mix it in with like an alien noise. That's what I think that they would do. Oh.
3: That would be great. I just want to see an alien with that fucking tongue just lopping out the side of its face. Right <laughs> I would tongue. like
2: to see a Gary alien, yes.
3: too. That would, do that would really be great. Yeah. I think that would, because, uh, you know, far from me to say what Carrie Fisher would want, but from watching her, all of her appearances and knowing what an incredible, like, animal lover she is and how much she loves Gary, I think she would get a real kick out of that. Oh, I yeah. really do. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> well I think I think I yeah. think I think uh her fans would get a huge kick out of it too. It'd make us feel good.
3: Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly, man.
2: Um so uh Deadline reported um what was her role, if any, in episode uh Star Wars episode nine. Um, she did have a role for Star Wars episode nine and they Deadline reports that quote for episode eight, Le- uh, Leia had a larger role, we're told, and her daughter, Billy Lord, also yeah. is in that film as well as in The Force Awakens. How how Lucasfilm will deal with the loss, of one of the most beloved characters in any franchise is not known, however, and the company is remaining mum. Um, I'm also learning that filming is being pushed back from early 2017 to late 2017 they're probably giving the story group some more time to figure out how they're going to handle uh the character of princess leia going forward because their plans for her character were probably way different um than what they have to do now i honestly feel like i think that they're going to work it into episode eight i feel like from what i've been hearing from other sources is that it's something that they can do that they can with the story that we're given in episode eight, they can work her death into that film so that we don't have to address it in episode nine. And, yeah. um, that's what I'm hearing. Um, it's,
3: yeah, I, it's tough, man. It's, it's yeah. so tough because it's so, it's so raw still, you know, it's only just happened and already you know all the news outlets and all of the like you know the rumor mills everyone's talking about how they're going to change the movie to to cope with carrie's death and it's it's it is is tragic and sad because you know she's she's just another she's another human being at the end of all this and people are worried about like what how <laughs> what's going to happen to leia in the film i i think that um you know, whatever they come up with will be respectful for definite. But um, I, yeah. I and I I totally understand why they've pushed it back as well because they really need to think about this. They really do.
2: And well, she—they're uh, saying that she had a larger role in Episode Eight than we yeah. originally thought she had. I mean, she had she had a smaller role in my opinion in The Force Awakens, and I feel like. They gave her a more expanded role is what I'm hearing now in this one, which I didn't think that they did. The rumors that I was hearing was that her character was going to be taken out early on. Um, yeah, that's
1: what I had heard as well.
2: Yeah. There was a, there's a lot of rumors out there that not, not, not that her character was going to die, but that, but that her character was involved in some sort of an explosion and it hurt her and she was taken out of the film. And that's when Laura Dern's character, in episode eight kind of steps up for, you know, um, the resistance and Poe Dameron has to go all, you know, he has to basically, um, uh, call mutiny and, and, uh, you know, um, but so I, I don't know what, I don't know what the story is in episode eight, to be quite honest with you. I know a little bit of what's going to happen in episode eight, but I mean this one's been under wraps more than The Force Awakens. Um so any news that we hear is not huge like plot breaking news like oh my gosh you know th- we don't even have a title for the film yet. So uh, That's
1: true. That's true. So um I
2: don't I really don't know how, I I think honestly if Fast and Furious 7 can figure out a dignified way to show us the death of paul walker then star wars sh- should be able to do that as well i you know so i have full trust in um, lucasfilm in doing it in a tasteful manner and in probably in probably a way that'll make us cry when we watch the film so
3: yeah oh, of course yeah, I guarantee that I'm going to be bawling my eyes out every time I see her because, I, I, like I said to you, Brian, when it when it first happened, we first heard the news. I literally just messaged Brian just saying I can't stop crying,
0: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and it, it's it's been a rough couple of days. Yeah, and it, you know, it's not it is it's nice to sort of be able to talk about it and celebrate what she did and what she meant to people. Um, you know, it's it's cathartic. It's really good. Um, just a quick, it was a very quick story um, because I've never met Carrie Fisher, but one of my friends has. And um, he had a photo up with her at Comic Con. And um, apparently this isn't unusual for her because I've actually seen this same thing, like uh, duplicated in quite a quite a few other people's pictures. When he met her, she just turned to him and went, can I have a hug? And he was like, uh, yeah, sure. And she just, like, grabbed him and wrapped herself round him and, like, smushed her glasses into his chest and just pulled this, you know, massive grin. And he's just like, oh, my God! (laughs) And I've, I've seen this picture, like, replicated, like, so many times from different fans. So, So, you know, the whole... Obviously, like us not meeting her or anything, she just seems like a real, like, people person as well, which I just thought was fucking great because that's, that's practically unheard of nowadays. You know, celebrities or, well, like, famous people in general, they're they're some of them are very guarded about their personal lives, and some of them even have a public persona that they put on. You know, whoa, like whoa, whoa, whoa.
2: Have you not seen my picture of Bruce Willis just giving me the biggest hug?
3: No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: Dude, I'm totally fucking with you
3: i was oh. gonna say because it doesn't fucking exist yeah it doesn't exist
2: like honestly if there's a picture oh. of me and bruce willis he'd he'd be curb stomping me or something <laughs>
3: yeah, it's me walking <laughs> off, off camera he's the bird. <laughs> he is the
2: most impersonable person ever <laughs> exactly, but no right? that is an amazing story that just goes to tell you like how cool carrie fisher was
1: yeah, exactly. Right. And, and I was reading. Um, I was reading a little story of. Um, Warwick Davis. He posted something of, you know, when he was doing Return of the Jedi with her, and he was just a little kid playing Wicket. Yeah. And you know, she was so concerned for him in his sweltering suit that she had like cookies and hot and um chocolate milk like hidden on the set for him. So that in oh. between takes, like he, she would feed him cookies and have chocolate milk with a little straw, and she was, like, taking care of him because he was, like, 11 years old when he was oh playing Oh, my cricket. God. And just, like, like I'm going to cry right now, but, <laughs> like, it was just such a sweet thing for her to just, you know, take an interest in this little kid who's playing a role that I know everyone else hates the Ewoks. I love the Ewoks, whatever. I love the Ewoks. <laughs> Fight me, I don't care. <laughs>
2: Uh, no hold on hold on hold on uh you know you know six-year-old brian loves the ewoks all right moving on it's okay. true it's true <laughs> six-year-old me love the ewoks
1: i still love the ewoks whatever uh, but just to hear her just to hear him tell you i know, talk about this that made such an impression on him and for her to just you know in between takes make sure that he's okay she's just such a sweet wonderful person
2: yeah Absolutely. Oh my god. That's amazing. I didn't know that. That's this oh, is news Yeah, to me. I was just
1: reading that today and I was like, thank God like no one else is in my office because I was just sitting in my cubicle sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um speaking of, and this totally makes sense to me because um I I I heard like when they when when they were filming the Star Wars Christmas special <laughs>
3: We don't talk about that. No, when
2: the when they did like the it was I think it was like the B. Arthur Cantina scene. Oh god! What the fuck? Yes, when uh, everybody's in costume and the costumes got so hot and people were having like a hard time breathing in them, they had to pump air into them. After a while, they had to give them like oxygen.
0: It's, oh my god. <laughs> I can't
2: imagine the conditions that these some of these actors that 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 what they went through. I can't imagine some of the conditions that they went through. So it was that's really sweet that Carrie Fisher did that. That's awesome. Oh. And I love that story. Uh, about B. Arthur in the Christmas special? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a have you ever seen it? It is so weird.
0: I have not.
2: It's on YouTube. It is so weird. Like there is – hold on. Let me explain. Here's the Christmas special. So basically in the Christmas special, like the first 20 minutes of the movie is like the the Chewbacca's family is like they are trying to figure – they they don't know where Chewbacca is. And so like the first 20 minutes, and I'm not fucking kidding you, is like the family going – It's like 20 minutes of fucking Wookiee noises. And, (laughs) and, and then it's like, you know, there's phone calls. (laughs) It's, it's so bad. There's, there's, they're, they're, they're trying to call people and figure out where Chewbacca is. And like they call, they call, (laughs) Princess Leia isn't, it's like Carrie Fisher's in it. And, um, there's a part where she sings in it, and she actually wanted to sing in this role, which I thought is pretty awesome, <laughs> considering that her mother was such a great singer. Um, yeah. uh, the song, on the other hand, is horrible.
3: Um, <laughs> 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 but then there's... You know what, I, I have tried watching it, and I got through the first five minutes, and yeah. I was like, I have to turn this off. <laughs> oh,
2: Dan, you got to get to the part. you got to get to the part where it's, um, it's Chewbacca's song... No, it's Chewbacca's. I think it's his father-in-law, and he gets like he gets like a life day gift from somebody. And Happy it's, life day! It's it's a life day gift, and it's like this virtual reality headset that he puts on, and and when he when when he puts it on, it's what's her name? I think her name is Carol Davis. She was a singer back in like the seventies or whatever, and it's right. her just like dancing around and singing and it's really fucking <laughs> pornographic and like oh for like 20 minutes you hear like this oh you hear a wookie moaning as he's watching this woman dance and it is the because <laughs> oh, the dude they explain it like this they're like when you put this on it like shows shows you your wildest dreams and your fantasies <laughs> And apparently <laughs> uh, dude, it is so weird, man. Oh it is so weird. Um the Christmas special also has like um the first appearance of Boba Fett. Yeah. It's uh yeah, the, I knew about that. it's the animated version. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he, <laughs> yeah, and he rides around and on like this creature and shit. And Han Solo's face looks like Owen Wilson. It's weird. <laughs> His face is like really long and shit. It looks like a peanut. Um,
0: and then there's this
2: dude, there's this scene when there, the B Arthur, she, uh, she like runs like a bar on the cantina and it's like, right. it's a live feed from the empire. Like this is like being broadcast all over the universe. And it's a, it's so weird. It's like, it's, it's a live feed of, of this bar and it's B Arthur telling all these aliens they got to leave the bar and (laughs) dude it is the worst thing ever it is the worst thing ever
1: as
2: soon as
3: we're done, I'm watching it. Yeah, it's so... It's <laughs> uh, sold. It sold. is so
2: awful. No, like, it sounds great when I explain it, but it's... No,
3: it doesn't. <laughs> 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 so did they make they made this, like, straight after A New Hope? Is that when it was made? Yeah,
2: the, like, like Star Wars, like, oh. took off. Um, So it, it took off. Like, no other movie... Uh, this started franchises. This started yeah. like, this started toys. I mean, this started franchises and toys. So they, variety shows were like a big deal back in the 70s. So they yeah, were like, oh right. my gosh, let's capitalize on this. Cause the next movie's not going to come out for another couple years. So in 78, they made the Star Wars Christmas special and oh. they, they literally just aired this thing once because it was that awful. And George, <laughs> Like it, George Lucas knew it was awful um, and it went on – it, it wasn't like an hour. It, this went on for two fucking hours. <laughs> oh, it, it was two fucking hours, man, and and that's why you know like they didn't – like they stretched shit out. That's why you get 20 minutes of fucking, you know, uh Papa Chewbacca jacking off to Carol <laughs> Davis. <laughs> Because they didn't know what to do. Did George
3: Lucas write it or direct it? Or no,
2: I don't think George Lucas was, like, highly involved at all. I don't think he was oh, involved okay. that much. Because I
3: thought he might be, and then that's why they, like, stopped him from directing any of the other movies. No, no, I don't think
2: that he was too involved. He may have been involved in some aspect, but I don't think that he wrote this at all. Okay, but hell, <laughs> dude, it, it's bad, man. It's bad. Like I suffered through it, and uh, I watched. I've watched it once, and I've watched parts of it multiple times. But I will never watch it all the way through, like ever again. Like once okay. is enough. You know what I mean?
3: I might have to watch it tomorrow <laughs> just to see what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, no, I have to. I have to watch this
2: now. Well, it's like one of those things. Like, like if you if you drink spoiled milk. Like, why would you fucking drink it again? You know what I mean? You know it's shit, right? It's true. But I guess you just got to find out for yourself, so.
1: It's true, but it's the same way of, like, you smell something bad and you want your friends to smell it, too. I think it's that same thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just me? Well,
2: hold on, hold on. You're not telling me that you're having, like, your friends sniff your armpits, right? (laughs) No hey
0: no
2: comment oh shut the hell up so is that what happens in the women's bathroom when you go in pairs yes this is what we do alright hey we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back with some proper Star Wars news that we're going to talk about and then we're going to wrap this up alright right. Welcome back. Welcome back, Dan. Welcome back, Janine. Welcome back. Yay. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Honestly, like, if if this was hip hop, you would be the worst hype man ever, Dan.
3: Yay. (laughs) No. No. No,
2: i guess i uh, maybe maybe if I, I i don't know if the teletubbies had a rap group you'd be cool <laughs> yeah,
3: the smurfs or something. Yeah, yeah the
2: smurfs or something i don't know um the the lollipop guild from wizard of oz but definitely definitely not hardcore hip-hop uh anyway uh let's move into just some regular star wars news so i might as well play the bumper As soon as I can find the damn thing. There we go.
0: You got it! What's Amisa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible! (laughs)
2: All right, yeah, and just so everybody knows, like, we'll be back next week with a regular – well, not a regular episode. We're doing our uh, Tupperware's uh end-of-the-year award show, and then the following week we'll be back with regular episodes. That's what's weird about this time of year. It's like you can't get a regular episode in. It's like uh New Year's Eve had to fall on, like, the day that we record and everything, you know? Rubbish. Yeah, so it's weird. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Star Wars news for this week that I wanted to go over is Screen Rant recently had an article about Ray's ancestry, and they talked about a recent fan theory that fans are saying that an episode of Rebels alludes to Ray's parents. Ooh. Yeah. Here's what it says. Star Wars Rebels, which is now in its third season, is part of the franchise canon like all the films, novels, and comics. So some people have been searching through the show for any potential clues the 10th episode of season three titled visions and voices actually makes references to Obi-Wan as it's revealed both Ezra Bridger and Darth Maul are looking for the old Jedi in the episode Maul takes Ezra to his lair on Dathomir which has objects of his past. A couple of eye catching items are the dark saber, an ancient black bladed lightsaber that Maul used during clone wars and a painting of Mandalorian Duchess Satine Kriz, Obi-Wan's love interest from, uh, who was killed by Maul in the Clone Wars. At the end of the episode, Sabine takes the dark saber, which is a symbol of Mandalorian leadership for herself off-planet. Following Visions and Voices airing, some fans believe that Rebels offered a major clue about Ray's past. The theory speculates that Sabine is the daughter of Obi Wan and Satine, and later becomes Rey's mother. However, none of uh, none other than Dave Filoni has shot down any possible Sabine Satine connection, saying in interviews that the same same name similarities are purely coincidence. Uh, fans are used uh, are used to members of the creative team playing coy, but Lucasfilm Story Group. Has years of content planned out, and no doubt decided long ago that Sabine and Satine would not be related, despite both having, uh, both hailing from Mandalore. So it does not look like Ray is uh, related to uh, Satine and Sabine and all that stuff. So, um. yeah.
3: Yeah, that's interesting because I, I I watched the Star Wars celebration and they had the rebels cast out, and the lady that plays Sabine, I, she, it was only like a couple of words that she uttered, like about new gadgets and stuff that she was going to get, and someone yelled out from the crowd like Darksaber, immediately, and she was like staring at the you know the producers of the show, and um, then she sort of went on to say that she was warned that anything that they dropped, people can put the links together. So mm-hmm. whoever that guy was fucking nailed it. Yeah. That's nuts.
2: Yeah, that is pretty bizarre. But wow. uh, as far as Ray's lineage, we know nothing.
3: <laughs> so Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good, we don't want to know anything. Yeah,
2: hold on. Let's talk about, like, we talked about a couple of weeks ago uh, about how Ray how Daisy Ridley actually was kind of confused as to like, why people weren't picking up on who her parents were that she felt it was pretty much spelled out in the force awakens. I've had some time to sit back and think about this. Like, does that mean that Ray is not anyone like Ray's not a Skywalker? She's not a Kenobi. Like, does that mean that her relationship with Luke is just like a master teacher relationship or, kind of like maybe an adoptive relationship
3: yeah maybe just you don't really like if there's no if she says that there's clues in it then surely their actual clues are not just like no clues meaning that she isn't related to anybody are but... you
2: saying that that her father is on car <laughs> <laughs> no
3: no but there's uh oh. This is what I wanted to say on the last episode. My – when we were talking about you you think that she's going to be a Kenobi. I think she's going to be a Skywalker. Yeah,
2: see, that's the thing. Anthony Bresnikan from Entertainment Weekly agrees with both of us in a way.
3: Oh, son of a bitch.
2: Well, he says (laughs) – basically, Anthony Bresnikan has worked out a timeline, and I posted it on Facebook. But he worked out a timeline to where Kenobi could have had a relationship with somebody else, had a daughter – and then that daughter ends up hooking up with our very own Luke Skywalker, and then they create this amazing cocktail of a Jedi named Ray.
3: Yeah. Oh man. I, I can't wait to find out. My um my theory, not not so much as like where she's from, but like what kind of has actually happened in the past, is either she is uh Luke's daughter or or Ben's granddaughter whichever one it is um she gets sent to the jedi temple and uh luke turns his attention to training ray instead of kylo who was the one he was supposed to be looking after and obviously like because she is either a skywalker or a you know a kenobi she's kind of like the golden child now as opposed to you know like his nephew and um that makes Kylo incredibly jealous and that kind of starts off the dark side in him and then he goes on his rampage and kills everybody and the reason that she's dropped off on planet with Uncar Plot, which is one of the reasons, like we said, it can't be her parents leaving her with a fucking slaver. or it doesn't make any sense, is that it's not Luke that sends her away, it's actually Kylo. And he, I reckon that he uses his weird you know like mind-altering force powers to kind of cloud her memory and then he's the one that drops her off on planet that's a slaver
2: yes that's a theory we've actually brought that up on pop culture leftovers before but it contradicts what jj abrams has come out and said that kylo has never met her before
1: dad yeah, he's lying yeah no he's
0: lying
2: so, <laughs> JJ has come out and said that Kylo has never met her before, but he is aware of her. And so, that maybe he's heard of her, probably through Snoke. And I, and I would honestly feel like Snoke would know of her presence. So, yeah. just like, you know, just like the Emperor was aware of Luke. So, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe JJ's lying, you know? Maybe JJ's lying. But, uh, yeah, there, that's a theory that's been out there that Kylo was the one that dropped her off. His, you know, his cousin or whatever.
3: Yeah. And either that or it could have been Luke and he clouded her memory and, but then why would he leave her with Uncle? I yeah, don't know. I don't, I don't, okay.
2: I don't know. Cause like even, even Luke was left off with, uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Veru, So
3: yeah. And the blue milk is and lovely the, there. I
2: know. Every growing boy needs blue milk.
3: <laughs> and growing girls, according to Rogue One. Right. That's true.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you about Ray. I mean, I kind of dismissed you on our last episode saying that she can't be a Skywalker. Um I I, I shouldn't be so dismissive. I, I still think that there's definitely a chance that she could be a Skywalker. It just didn't make sense to me, Dan, because in Bloodline, we find out that, you know, Luke has been, uh, training Kylo, and this is six years before the events of The Force Awakens, which would make Ray actually, I think, about 13 years old at this time. Yeah. So it's like, why does he have a 13-year-old daughter on a planet with Uncar Plutt when he's going around the galaxy? with uh, Kylo Ren who hasn't even turned to the dark side yet fully oh, i mean okay do you see what i'm saying
3: yeah yeah i do that yeah. means i need to read bloodlines basically
2: <laughs> bloodlines is great uh, bloodlines is actually fantastic uh, it, it, you know if you lo- if you want to know like what are the inner thoughts of princess leia during uh you know after the events of return of the jedi it's a great read dude and uh, yeah i didn't read it i i had it on audible so uh, well, but, I
3: will. I will too, man. It's the best way to read nowadays.
2: Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, it's hard to. I can always find time in my car to listen to an audible book. So, uh, yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> who yeah. has
3: time to sit down with a book anymore? It's.
2: I, I think we're going to find out. We're definitely going to find out who Ray's parents are, or or aren't. You know, because everybody's assuming that she has to be a Kenobi or a Skywalker. When in all actuality, it could be completely something different to where they're just like, Well, she her parents were just nobodies. So yeah. who knows? Uh there is some news on Supreme Leader Snoke uh from making Star Wars net concerning episode eight. Uh they said over the course of filming Star Wars Episode Eight, sources kept saying we were going to be really impressed with Snoke in this film it was clear they were saying something was different about him. If you recall in Star Wars The Force Awakens, Supreme Leader Snoke was a giant hologram towering over the likes of Kylo Ren and his frenemy, General Hux. The controversy amongst fans wavered back and forth regarding his height. Was Snoke seven and a half feet tall? Was Snoke huge? Was Snoke like the fraud at the end of The Wizard of Oz and just the man behind the curtain? For Star Wars Episode Eight? It appears, at least in part, that Snoke will not be a character generated in a computer. Instead, he will be a huge puppet around 7 to 8 feet tall taking several people to operate and a man inside a suit to make him walk. Stylistically, it seems as as if Snoke may be CGI generated for the holographic communication sequences, but when he has scenes in episode eight next to real flesh and blood humans like Kylo Ren. He will be a practical puppet with facial, with facial features operated by the crew. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, whoa. <laughs> whoa. All right. Hold on. let me finish this in the past. Many have wondered if Snoke was someone we had seen on screen before. It seems somewhat unlikely considering his size. His arms alone give off the impression he is not exactly human as they are unnaturally long and unsettling, uh, unsettling. His appearance is identical to what we saw in the hologram, but there's apparently a real Snoke in the next installment, of the Skywalker saga. Uh, we don't know exactly how much screen time Snoke has in episode eight and that makes it impossible to say he's almost always a puppet in the film or CGI. But we do know the puppet is pretty impressive and appears to be articulated in such a way it seems it is more than an elaborate Um, stand-in. I find all this interesting. Number one, what we saw from Snoke in The Force Awakens was that he was a CGI-generated image on a hologram. Also, what I think is interesting about this is that they're saying that this sounds like Okay, everybody's saying like, "Oh, could this be uh Could this be Darth Vader? Could this be a uh, Darth Vader? Could keep be Snoke? No, me he's, Snow? Ma- he's,
3: ma- he's Mace Windu, isn't he? Oh, oh he's- no, wait, he's Darth Maul. Oh no, wait, he's Jar Jar Binks. He's,
2: Dar- he's Mace uh, Windu because Mace Windu is eight feet tall. Uh, <laughs> no,
1: why can't Snoke just be Snoke?
2: And so, like, everybody's, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, Janine, you bring up a great point. Like, that's what I've always said. That's what Jake has always said. Why can't Snoke be Snoke? Because everybody's got to have this insane fucking backstory. And what have we learned from the prequels is that learning the backstory of certain characters isn't always the best thing. Now, I don't think that they ruin the backstory of the Emperor. I don't think they they ruin the story of Palpatine. I actually think that the prequels did a pretty decent job with palpatine i think that they ruined uh the most iconic character though in a lot of ways yeah. in, in anakin yeah, no, i
1: agree
2: in uh his uh becoming darth vader um even the last shot of revenge of the sith as darth vader was oh ridiculous God.
0: no I, uh...
2: so i feel like um basically like uh I think if anything that we've learned from maybe the prequels is that we don't always have to have a really cool backstory for a character all the time. And why cannot this character just be – I mean when we're first introduced in the Emperor, we just accept him as the Emperor, right? right. Yeah. So why can't we just do that here? Without him being Plagueius, without him being Darth Maul, without him being Mace Windu, without him being Ezra, without him being Darth Vader, uh, reincarnate. I mean, can't we just have a guy who's fucking evil and who wants to take over the galaxy? Yes. Alright. We can, okay. Let
1: Snoke be Snoke.
2: Let Snoke be Snoke. Uh, yeah, that, that, that should be my bumper sticker. Let Snoke be Snoke. <laughs> Um,
3: (laughs) Some people think that he could be Ezra.
2: Yes, but like we've already heard people from the Lucasfilm Story Group and J.J. Abrams himself and Andy Serkis say that this character is over a thousand years old, which does not match up with Ezra at all. He's he's over.
3: Some people.
2: He is over a thousand years old. So basically, he's either a race that can live that long, or he's tapped into some part of the dark side that has been able to keep him uh, alive that long. And I mean, Yoda lived for a very long time, but he's a, of a different race. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like he's a different race of an alien that can, that can either live a long life or he's. Found out a way to live a long time, which many people will say now, well, then he's got to be Darth Plagueis because Darth Plagueis cheated death. Well, that's what we heard from the Emperor and the Emperor could be lying to to Anakin for all we know. We don't know if that story –
1: That's very true. It's established that characters can live a long, a long life, like Yoda or Maz yeah. Kanata. So why can't he just be another alien race that can live like a thousand years?
2: Right, right. Yeah. As far as him being Mace Windu or and all that stuff, I, <laughs> no. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> buying it. I'm also not buying the Darth Maul stuff, um, which is another theory that's out there. He very well could be Plagueis, for all I know. I, I, I don't know if they're going to do that. I hope that they don't. I think it'll. I think it'll be really lost on a lot of casual fans, and it won't yeah. have that impact. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think like if they if they if if it came out in the next film or in episode nine that Snoke is Plagueis, I honestly think I'll be like, "Holy shit, man! That's it's pretty fucking crazy. It's pretty awesome." Um, but I think it's lost on the casual fan.
3: Yeah, because it's only dropped in that that one conversation, isn't right. it? That just like that one line. So, ooh, I don't know. It, I don't know. It'll be it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be quite a clever kind of like link to it. But I we don't need it. It'll be nice to have a new character that we can kind of, you know, get to know and then get to know their backstory in the next two movies. I think that'd be pretty cool. Something yeah. completely different.
2: But what do you think about the news? Like, okay, so what we saw in Star Wars uh, Episode Seven, The Force Awakens, was 100% Snoke CGI. And now they're talking about a guy in a suit, a Snoke, basically a Snoke puppet. Um, so in order to do this, are they going to go the route of Ankar Plut, where we saw a guy in a suit, but his face was CGI? Do you think that that's the way that they're going to go? I don't
1: know, because I'm. I'm, It could it could go really good or really bad. Um, Oh god, because the CGI was okay uh, in The Force Awakens, but I don't know if it would take something away to have him kind of switch back between being a puppet and being CGI. I kind of feel like it should just be one or the
2: other. What I'm saying is, though, I'm saying, like, yeah, he was 100% CGI in The Force Awakens, in the hologram. But if you remember, when you are introduced to the character of Ankar Plutt, the actual suit, what we're seeing is a guy in a suit, but the Mm -hmm. face. The only thing that's CGI on Ankar Plutt is the face and the facial movement. So it's a combination of both a physical suit and CGI in the face. Do you think that they can pull that off? If they do – if they go that route with Snoke, I, do you think that that's the route they're going to go or do you think that they're – or do you think they're just going to go Akbar puppet with it? Because <laughs> we, we've seen this guy talk. We've seen him talk. Yeah. I, I honestly feel like they have to go the route of – if they're going to do a physical puppet, it has to be – it has to be – if they do a physical puppet or a guy in a suit, it has to be that with a mixture of CGI for the face for when he's talking. It has to be.
1: No, I think you're right. It, it's going to have to be. They're going to have to CGI the face because we have seen him talking. We've seen the facial expressions and you can't create the same facial expressions in CGI as you can with a puppet and vice versa. So yeah, I, I can see a stand in for, for him, but
3: this, the face would have to be CGI. would yeah, you you totally blew my mind with the whole puppet reveal. I just <laughs> i i i was like, I'm just picturing it in my head with like you know like the Muppets sing, but it's like four or five people working him all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man, how is that gonna work? It's gonna be so weird. Well, they did that with yeah. Job of the
1: Hutt, and I mean, not for nothing. That stands the test of time for me because I mean, Job is convincing. So yeah, I can but- see
2: that i i i totally i totally get what you're saying i I totally get what you're saying janine is like we got jabba the hutt and i bought it and i loved it and i actually prefer him as a puppet as opposed to like what we got when we watched like you know the remastered editions where lucas uh it was awful uh when we got cgi java see the thing is is i i feel like um I think they can get away with doing this if they go the uncar plot route. If they, if they do give us a physical version of the character, but you gotta CGI the face. You have to do that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Cause it just, it seems weird that they're gonna go practical even though they've already got the CGI model like down. Cause right. I really liked the CGI on Snoke. I thought he looked really good.
2: I liked him in the hologram, but I'm telling you, man. As far as, like, the character goes, I I feel like if they went 100% CGI with it, honestly, I feel like they could use a – he wears – if he wears, like, a cloak, if he wears, like, a cloak Hmm. that's a physical cloak but has a CGI face, I'd be happy with that
3: yeah i would be it's just, happy. it's just a big difference you know yeah. that's why you you blew my mind with it because i just i did not see that coming i thought like they were going to stick cgi all the way i like it because i love practical effects in yes movies. yes um but yeah no janine's correct as well in the fact that it, you can't they won't be able to get the detail if they do like an animatronic head so like you said brian it has to be a cgi face or head because it's gonna be you know it's gonna be like a, a step back in special effects otherwise unless they come out with something that we've never seen before but i highly doubt it right
2: yeah yeah it's going to be interesting to see the final product when they finally do it because we it sounds like if anything if if any news that we're getting from making star net is that we're actually going to see snoke not in hologram form we're actually going to get to see snoke you know, like on the deck of some ship, talking with Kylo and Hux and all these different characters. Yeah. So, um, whatever they do with him, needs to be—it needs to look good. I—I I, I don't want to look at whatever we're like the final product, whatever it is. I don't want it to feel like, for me, when I watched Rogue One, and I don't know what you guys thought, but like for me, when I watched Rogue One and I saw Ben Mendelsohn as uh, Orson Krennic talking to. Grand Moff Tarkin it just looked like a dude talking to some Polar Express character and I was like what the fuck Uh, yeah yeah no it it was was bad awful and (sighs) it looked better in 2d than it did in 3d but it was still noticeable and so like that's what I do not want in this film I I I don't want it to look like that and I feel like if they went 100 percent cgi with this it may just turn into that so if anything if if Supreme Leader Snoke is wearing a cloak, a physical cloak, that's that's a start. I just don't want it to look like they're talking to Voldemort and shit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, Agree.
2: Like a CGI Voldemort. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, more episode eight rumors from MakingStarWars.net, and this is really, really weird news. Uh, the article is titled "Episode Eight and the Protectors of Octu. Now, you guys know that the planet that Luke is on when Ray meets him at the end of the film that is called Octu. Um, two, yep. here's the article. One of the more interesting mysteries of star Wars episode eight is what exactly takes place on ah, two before Rey arrived at the end of star Wars. The force awakens Luke Skywalker was not alone, but rather sharing the island of ah, two with some surprising inhabitants as we will see in star Wars episode eight. The featured creatures of Octu have befriended Luke Skywalker during his residency as a Jedi recluse. Luke's little friends are avian in nature. Skellig Michael is where the island of Octu was first glimpsed in Star Wars The Force Awakens. The new creatures from Episode 8 are actually designed after the puffins that inhabit the area in our real world. So there should be little question if the design actually fits the environment. Rumor has it the creatures have razor-sharp teeth and are a mixture of terrifying and the adorable. They're sort of like a bird mixed with a gremlin.
0: No.
2: <laughs> Some, no. someone yeah, no. No. Someone once said it was like the Star Wars version of a Furby. But,
3: (laughs) well, that sounds fucking awful.
2: But the look and feel is so Star Wars, they loved it. Basically, combine a Puffin, a Furby, and a Star, and Star Wars it up, and you have yourself an idea of what this creature is. They're tiny, maybe 15 inches tall or so. I was apprehensive when I first heard Furby, but no one speaking of the design has anything bad to say about it. In fact, those that have seen the tiny puppets on set are overjoyed by their presence in the film. The other rumor worth noting is that the Puffin that personally has screen time with Skywalker sees himself as a protector of the island on Octu. Luke Skywalker has permission to be there while Rey does not. Rey has a sequence on Octu where she fights a rather large sea monster, we have also heard that she wears a black cloak during the sequence over the costume we described before. Uh, it has been suggested but not confirmed that Ray's besting of the sea monster grants her permission to be at the sacred location by the puffins. However, the sequence <laughs> the sequences could not be totally unrelated. Alright. I hear a lot of giggles, I hear a lot of naysaying. So talk to me talk to me about this
3: what the fuck (laughs) that's the only thing i gotta say all of that sounds awful yeah
1: no i don't i don't want any of that i don't want any of that in star wars
3: we don't want puffins we don't want sea monsters to get permission from the puffins to be on the island that is fucking stupid they have to be wrong
1: (laughs) Granted access by the puffins is like the worst sentence I've ever heard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you guys are totally negative on this. Oh. You guys are talking about how much you love fucking Ewoks like thirty minutes ago, and now <laughs> you're saying, right? now you're saying, now you're saying, fuck puffins. <laughs>
3: Fuck the killer puffins with their razor sharp teeth. Hold on, like what the hell? some
2: no, some six year old out there, some six year old out there, this could be their ewoks. This could be their ewoks. You guys know we had our ewoks. And now and then now now you're saying fuck the puffins. Oh yeah,
3: fuck the puffins. <laughs>
1: I, I, I want to see some concept art. I want to see what they look like because right now it just sounds terrible. Um, if I can see some concept art, maybe that would change my mind.
3: Mm. Yeah. What I've got in my head right now does not look good. <laughs>
2: oh, my God. <laughs> so basically what happens in the sequence is that uh, we find out that Luke Skywalker, he's on octu, He's not alone. This island has its own native inhabitants, and these are these uh, puffin creatures. These puffin creatures are about 15 inches tall. They have uh, very sharp teeth, and uh, Luke has been accepted by them because he's gone through, like, the rites of passage. Part of the rites of passage is defeating this sea monster. I'm thinking of, like, have you guys – do you guys remember? Was it uh, Lord of the Rings, the – was it the second the
3: octopus or? thing? Mm-hmm. The
2: octopus thing from the which I love that sequence. I thought it was amazing. To be quite mm-hmm. honest with no, you, no, that is a great sequence. Um, that's kind of like what I'm seeing here. Is like Ray has to defeat this sea monster, and then then she gains abse- acceptance on um, this island, and then is able to stay there on this island, uh, and then train with Luke. And from what I'm hearing, is that a, and, and expect this. I want you guys to expect this when you see episode 8. What I'm hearing is that most of Luke and Ray is going to be on Octu. Uh, there is no guarantee that any of their scenes will not be on this island. that they will not be on the planet of Octu. Uh, A lot of their scenes have been filmed on uh, my, uh, uh, Skellic Michael um this island uh off of Ireland. So don't expect to see like Ray get reunited with Finn until maybe the end of the movie if anything because it sounds like it's going to be a lot of Luke and Ray on this island together. That's what it really the, sounds like. Yeah.
1: And the puffins. But that just makes sense.
3: <laughs> and the puffins. Oh. Ugh. No. <laughs> just no. So, so,
2: hold on, hold on, hold on. So like, uh, you're, you're, uh, a, a, like a year from now, we're sitting down, we're watching, uh, uh, episode eight, whatever it's titled, and all of a sudden we see a, uh, Furby Gremlin. Dan, like, like, what are you thinking, man? What are you thinking?
3: I'm thinking I'm going to walk out. That's what I'm thinking. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette outside the back of the car, Mike. See, but see the see the you fuck. You will be joining <laughs> me.
2: <laughs> see, the fucked up thing is, though, Dan, is that 30 years ago, 30 years ago, you're watching a teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. No, hold on, hold on. 30 years ago, you're watching a teddy bear throw a spear. You're watching yeah, a teddy bear throw a spear at fucking uh, <laughs> ATSTs, and you're totally cool with it.
3: I am because we've had <laughs> Wookiees in the first two movies, so I'm used to kind of like cuddly bear-like creatures. But fucking razor-toothed puffins that look like <laughs> Furbies slash with Gremlins slash with puffins—what <laughs> the hell?
2: That's too much for you. That's when Star Wars. <laughs> that's when Star Wars crosses a line with you. It is, yeah. I, earlier, I thought, no, right right hold on. Of,
3: right, right of passage thing as well. Fighting a big sea monster. It's oh god. Weird.
2: Earlier on, I talked about uh, Chewbacca's father-in-law beating off to Carol Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I, and then, <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean. I mean, the uh, puffins is not the worst thing I've heard. You know.
3: That, yeah, that's true. But it's definitely that's not true. the best. <laughs>
2: I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm willing to give it a chance. I, I want to see the character design of these creatures. Yeah, it, it does. It, it sounds fucking ridiculous. I get it. It
3: does.
2: (laughs) It sounds ridiculous. I, I, I thought that we were past this shit. I thought that they learned. I thought that they learned from the Ewoks. I thought that they learned from Jar Jar Binks. I thought that they learned from, uh, you know, uh, Chewbacca's father-in-law jacking off. I thought that they, <laughs> I thought that they had learned from all these mistakes that they had made. Um, but I guess, I guess that uh, Disney still wanted to sell some toys too. So, I guess, wow. yeah, that Puffins playset is going to be a big seller next <laughs> Christmas. <laughs>
3: you get your plushy Puffin. <sighs>
2: Maybe oh, the
1: hot item of 2017, like hatchimals.
2: Yeah, Ugh. hatchimals. Uh, they pe- give be the
1: hatchimals of next year. You watch.
2: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are gonna be pissed off when they don't hatch. <laughs> is that a thing? These hatchimals.
1: It's true. I saw on the news. It's like a bunch of parents complaining that the hatchimals don't hatch.
2: Oh my gosh! Yeah, like fucking uh, hatchimal stillborns. What the fuck is up with that?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Only Brian. Oh, Brian. <laughs> Only you would fucking go there. I'm
2: sorry. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> you no, never you.
2: It's a tribute never to Carrie apologize. Fisher. Okay.
3: Yes, yeah, she would love that. She would love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: true, Brian. Never apologize. Never. <laughs> All right. Oh, shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I it, it was it entered my head and I was like, "Are you gonna say this? Fuck it, say it."
3: <laughs> you fucking double checked yourself. I totally did. I've been there. All and right, you just ignored it. I mean, the guy was like,
2: well, "We're already talking about puffing. Some fuck it, might as well." Let's run with it. Um, uh, last last thing I wanted to talk about is uh, Screen Rat had an article titled, uh, Chirrut's uh, uh, staff contains a kyber crystal. Uh, so it's confirmed. Uh, the article says the bit of kyber in Chirit's staff. So they're talking about Chirit Imwe from Rogue One. The bit of kyber in Chirrut's staff is never actually seen in the film, but its presence is confirmed by the book, uh, book Star Wars Rogue One the ultimate visual guide by Pablo Hidalgo. The glowing metal end of his staff is referred to as the crystal containment lamp and contains both a sliver of Kyber crystal and a battery to power the light within the lamp is described in the book as follows designed as a symbolic source of inner illumination. It all it'll also allows cheer to better gauge where the end of the staff is as he can hear both the battery and crystal harmonic so it's confirmed that Cheerit Inway staff does contain a kyber crystal and me and Frank when we both watched the film um noticed that as he would fight the staff the end of the staff would glow and yeah. so it made us believe that there has to be a kyber crystal in there and then also like it's also one of the main reasons why Cheerit was introduced to Jin herself when she walked by he could sense the kyber crystal
3: yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah i I noticed that too and when they're walking towards the uh the platform that um galen is on as well like his staff is glowing in the dark and i i thought why does he need that because you know he's blind yeah but but yeah if he can hear it if he can hear like the, the resonance in it that does make sense
2: yeah yeah
1: i like that idea
2: I like that, hey Janine. What did you you saw you saw uh, Rogue One? Yes. What'd you think of it? Uh,
1: it's it's a high taste it for me. Um.
2: What br- like what what it what, what brought it acts. down? What what took it what took it down? What took it down? There were there were no puffins in this movie, so I want to know. <laughs> sure, there's no
1: puffins. No
2: puffins. Um, so what took it down? What took it down to a high taste it from a Tupperware for you?
1: Uh, What took it down is that in the beginning, like the first act is very choppy. Like we jump around too much. Um, I I was getting quite confused. Mm. Um, The second act was very good. I would call that one a solid taste it. And then the third act is a total Tupperware. So good. Um, So I I feel like the average is a high taste it for the movie. Just because they jump around in the beginning and then the CGI Tarkin, takes me out of the took me out of the movie the first time i saw it uh, it was very yeah, jarring
2: yeah 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 i'm not gonna argue with you there at all not at all it was totally yeah. jarring dan what and did I you only
1: saw it in 2d so i can only say
2: oh uh, you, no you watched it I, in 2d i think you watched it in the superior format to be quite honest with you um because like if you had a problem with it in 2d you really would have been fucking Oh, yeah. You would have lost your shit in 3D, cause it was, it was, <laughs> you know, it was awful in 3D. And I don't think that this movie deserved 3D. I think, like, The Force Awakens had its moments in 3D mm-hmm. that were really fantastic. Like, uh, when we, fu- when we saw The Star Destroyer, Dan, do you remember that shit?
3: Oh, yeah. In yeah, The Force it was Awakens? Hovering in front of us. It oh, my ridiculous.
2: God. Dude, seriously, like, that thing almost invaded my asshole. Like, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> seriously. <laughs> like, that thing was, like, right there. But, like, we didn't... Like, I don't really think, like, the Rogue One took advantage of 3D at all, to be quite honest with you. So, that was a little upsetting. But, what did you... Dan, what did you think of Rogue One?
3: Uh, Rogue One. I give Rogue One a taste it.
2: Fucking shit, dude.
3: Yeah, I know. Um, <sighs> plastic Tarkin. These are the bad points. Plastic Tarkin. Yeah. Um, I really didn't rate felicity jones uh i thought her acting was terrible yeah i agree yeah, you agree okay good i'm not alone on this that's good and she, there were, there were there already said the same thing as well
2: there were a couple scenes where i felt like she did a fantastic job but overall i don't know if i really blame her i i think i blamed them for they they kind of like chopped her they whittled her roll down a lot mm-hmm. in this so right. I don't know if I really blame her, the actress, because there were a couple scenes where I did get emotional. Um But maybe it's for the fact that, you know, I I'd, I'd been reading some catalyst, too. So I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I no just but
3: I found, sorry. found her incredibly like uh, wooden and I just couldn't it, it, nothing. She did like sold it for me. So mm. basically every time that she would do a scene, it was like. I, I was like taking like ten steps back, and I could see all of the camera crew and the sound guys all filming it. It was it was really really weird, um, mm. but yeah, I mean a, a bad bad point aside. Vader was incredible. Me and Tom have spoken about a scene like that since we were kids. Yeah, and seeing it happen, it was almost exactly what we described when we were kids. Um, but it was even slightly better. Like the co- the the dark. Corridor, and then he powers on the lightsaber, and then we get to see Vader taking on just like you know normal troopers and like normal people, yeah, as opposed to like you know, like solo dueling with uh with the Jedi. It was unbelievable, like yeah. that was it's one of my favorite scenes in any Star Wars movie. It's ridiculous. I mean, my favorite scene in Star Wars ever is um the return of the Jedi fight between Luke and Vader, and that is a very, very close second, yeah, but. Mm. Yeah, um, I I just found some of the characters were, you know, they were quite flat, you know, quite kind of uh, like one-dimensional. I loved Cassian Andor, I thought he was amazing. That's good, that's good. I,
2: I, I didn't like him the first time, Dan, but when I saw him on the second viewing, I really enjoyed that character quite a bit.
3: Yeah, he's like the kind of true... Like, gray character, you know what I mean? Like, he's fighting for the side of good, but, you know, when we get introduced to him, he ends up, like, shooting his informant in the back. Right. And that just, I was like, what the fuck is going on? That was crazy. What do you think about General
2: Draven, though?
3: General Draven?
2: General Draven was the one that, uh, he was the one that ordered that Cassian, when he does come in contact with, uh, Galen Urso, that he kill him.
3: Um, again, just, just like more sort of like gray characters and like, they're on the side of right, but they have to right. do these horrible fucking things. It is into the politics was interesting. Um, the, as well. the, the reason I, I'm,
2: the reason I'm bringing up, uh, uh, Draven is that now that Rogue One has come out, uh, Dave Filoni, uh, who is, uh, in highly involved in Rebels is now saying that some of these characters that are in Rogue One may show up in Rebels, and so we might get to see General Draven show up in the Rebels TV, uh, the Rebels animated show.
3: That would be cool. And we That'd
2: know cool. that we're getting Saw Gerrera in an episode of uh, Rebels this season.
3: Oh, wow. That would That's be true. We are getting Saw Gerrera at Rebels. Yes. Yeah. I mean, aside from like the Vader scene, um, some of the highlights, I loved Riz Ahmed. As Bodie Rook, thank you, was,
2: thank you. He yes,
3: Bodie oh, was great. I that that actor. I mean, you know, he's from London and everything, and he's like a musician normally. Yes, and he just killed that fucking role. Yeah, he was incredible. And I, some people think that he's weak, and I, no. I was like, no, maybe they need to go see it again. But um, you yeah, need K2SO, you need to read laughing,
2: you huh? need to read Catalyst. You need to read Catalyst. Catalyst. Um Catalyst kind of goes over like the first meeting of like Bodie Rook and um and um Galen Urso.
3: Oh nice. Like how yeah. they,
2: like how they meet and stuff like that. Like these guys met and started to talk and it, it's it's really fascinating. You'll you'll look at the character completely different. So
3: yeah, I thought he did an incredible job. Uh, he yeah. was fantastic. I love Alan Tudyk as K2SO as well. Um, the whole kind of, you know, his sense of humor and stuff started to wear a little bit thin. But the the end scene where, you know, he sacrifices himself, um, I I was getting a little bit emotional. I thought that character was awesome. Yeah. But... You know, like, I'm not a big fan of Chirrut M. Way and Baze. uh, Shut the fuck up! What? (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm not. (laughs) I know, it's weird. I just don't... (sighs) You had me. They just seem a bit flat.
1: No, I love Chirrut M. Way and Baze Malibus. I want a whole movie of just them.
3: Thank you.
2: (laughs) Oh, yes! I love you. I love you, Janine. I totally want that. I mean, like, when when they're talking... Like, these guys have these guys have nothing left they feel like they have nothing left after like the temple has been like excavated for the kyber crystals and that's the story i want i i want to know because the movie alludes to this that Bay's malbus at one time was even stronger in the faith of the force than chirit Imwe himself and oh, yes. how one, did he
1: lose he? his faith like, how i want to know that story
2: exactly exactly how did he lose his faith and so that's the story that I want to see and uh it it's I, I think it's ama- I I think it's amazing. I think it's an amazing story. I th- I thought that Donnie Yen was fantastic in this oh. film. Um
1: I mean he had me laughing with, yes. with with everything that he said, especially when they put the hood over him yes. and he's like, "I am blind. Are you kidding me? Seriously, Look. guys,
2: I'm blind." <laughs> I loved Great. it. Great. <laughs> uh Oh, man. Dan, you totally missed out on Baze Malvis and, and Cheered Emway, man. They were awesome.
3: I have no problem with the guys acting. I thought they were both fantastic. I just, I, I, totally agree with you. I would love to see them before because that would make the characters in Rogue One even better. But it was just like, you know, all of their story and plot and everything was all like very kind of... Exposition and explained and kind of one note in it, so um, you know that's that's just me. Oh man,
2: go. I loved, it. I, I I absolutely loved it. I loved the way that the stormtroopers underestimated him, like oh this guy's blind, and mm-hmm. then and then he just fucking kicks their asses. And then I love it when they're on Edo, uh, when they're on their way to Edu after Jedi is destroyed, and they're like, let's do this for Jedi, let's do this for Jedi, and I'm just like. There is a backstory here about these guardians of the wills that we don't know about and these guys are the last of the guardians and they're doing this for Jetta and I love these guys and Dan hates blind people.
3: <laughs> Stinky milky eyes. <laughs> 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 what, I, what i will say is um one of the things which i have brought uh, not i have brought up but other people have brought up is uh why have they got um uh normal guys guarding you know like the temple at jedi and i have a perfect answer for that because they're, they're, people are saying like why haven't they got jedi guarding the temple right it's because all the jedi are fucking dead
1: yeah, that
2: the Jedi is were what- hunted to extinction. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I honestly think that, like, I think that Chirrut Imwe would have been trained as a Jedi, but they did not let him because he's blind. You think that? Yes, I do feel that he is in some ways Force-sensitive. I do feel he's force sensitive, and I do feel, hey, if the Jedi aren't gonna fucking train uh, Anakin Sky, if they didn't want to train Anakin Skywalker because he's too old for the training, and the kid's fucking like ten, then they got a problem with a fucking blind guy.
3: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Okay,
2: all right. So you know, that's how I feel. I feel like the Jedi. I feel like the Jedi Order is a little too strict. I think they need to loosen the reins a little bit. Think they got a little yeah. too much control, you know. Yeah, that's oh. why I
3: love Qui Gon so much because he doesn't give a fuck about what the council thinks.
2: Yeah, fuck the council. That's what Jedi. <laughs> that's what Qui Gon's all about.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was cool. It was. i tell you what, With with Chira, it was cool seeing a, a new character who, um, uh, he, you know, he believes so much in you know what they refer to in the prequels as a living force. He trusts the force. Like and, and what it's telling him, and that that showed through in the his final scene where he did the walk towards the the lever and everything. I'm not I, buying.
2: I, I'm not buying any of these nice things you're saying about cheerit. You just you
3: basically <laughs> you,
2: you shit on this guy so hard.
3: I just, I just said that he was a bit
2: <laughs> whatever, what whatever, whatever. I bet I don't mean. I bet you don't even call your fucking toilet a toilet. You call it a fucking cheerit. <laughs> You're like I'm gonna go take an I'm gonna go take a fucking cheerit. You're so unbelievable. Uh, trying to trying to redeem yourself at this point in the game, you give more respect to the puffins than you give the cheerit in we.
3: Fucking puffins.
2: Fucking oh, puffins is right. No. That's gonna be the title of episode eight. Fucking puffins. <laughs>
3: fucking puffins. <laughs> Wasn't there wasn't there a kind of rumor title that you guys talked about?
2: Uh tied to what?
3: Uh, like a title for the Oh yeah, eight. it
2: was uh, Fall of the Resistance. That was okay. a uh, there was uh somebody took a uh, picture, I think it was last year at Star Wars Celebration, somebody said that they got a picture of a poster and the poster was kind of like illuminated and lit up and said fall of the resistance, but um I mean nothing's come of that, so who knows. Yeah. Uh, did you, uh, last thing I want to talk about real quick, um, is, uh, did you guys see that Adam driver was actually hoping that for star Wars episode eight, that the marketing would not release any trailers at all?
3: No, I didn't see that. No.
2: Yeah. I, I wish I had the quote from Adam driver. I thought I had it pulled up in my notes. Oh yeah. Here we go. <laughs> he says, I think that'd be bold. I'd love it. Yeah. Then no one would know anything. The less people know, I feel like the more exciting. The more of an event it is. So he's basically talking about no marketing campaign at all, no trailers. Um, I honestly feel like I 100% agree with Adam Driver here that I don't feel like episode eight would have to have any trailers. I feel like people would, people would, we get it. Like I I talked to earlier about like, yeah, Cinnabon, we know you fucking sell, you sell c- cinnamon buns. We know McDonald's sells hamburgers. Star Wars Episode Eight is going to have Star Wars in it. Like, (laughs) you don't have to, you don't have to, like, pump it up. You don't have to hype it up. Like, you can just fucking show me, like, uh, ten seconds of Star Wars Episode Eight. Give me a title. Tell me it's coming out in December, and I'm there.
3: Yeah, man. Well, you know me. I'm a fucking massive spoiler pussy, so I'm well up for that.
2: And it feels like the closer – oh, go ahead, Janine.
1: I wouldn't mind, like, teaser trailers, but can we, like, stop with trailers that give away the whole movie? Uh, I was at the movies just last week, and we saw a trailer, and it was like, oh, okay, well, I don't need to see the movie now, because I saw the whole movie in the trailer. So I'm down for teaser trailers and little, like, 30-second trailers, but definitely not, like, full-on trailers that give away whole plot
2: points. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree 100%. All right, guys. As long as the teaser trailer has
1: puffins, though. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. Star Wars Episode Eight: Rise of the Puffins. Here we go. Let's do this. Yes. I'm ready. I'm ready. Puff it up in 2017. Let's do this. All right, guys. Janine, Dan, thank you so much for joining me. You know what? I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, I'm not a very charitable guy most of the time, but you know what? One of the great things about the leftover army, like if you, if this was like, if the leftover army, like, hold on. Like if this show was the equivalent to captain planet, like I would be fire, Jake would be water, Frank would be uh, a fart. And then <laughs> you guys would be heart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> guys, next time, could you do that in unison?
3: Oh, I thought we did. All right, I'll
2: try. I, no, that was sarcasm, Dan. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fuck, I missed that one as well.
2: Totally did. But you guys are the heart of the Leftover Army. Like, I honestly feel like this show would not be as. This show would not be what it is without listeners like Dan West, who has gone out there and recorded videos and recruited people and also janine and your sister rebecca i mean you have done so much for the show like i cannot get on twitter without being retweeted or having a tweet (laughs) liked without one of you doing it and it means so (laughs) much to me you have no idea what it means to me to uh have listeners like like you uh Kelly Claiborne, Ty Purvis, I, I, I'm going to leave people out and I'm going to feel like a, a, an asshole. Johannes, um, God damn it, I'm, uh, Jacob Harmon, Jared Gafford, uh, Jimmy McKnight. I mean there's so many people that make up like what we do here that that are a part of this thing and um, – and you guys are so awesome. Like, uh, I did not. Dude, I had no fucking clue. I had no fucking clue in October of 2012 when I approached Jacob Elliott about doing a podcast, uh, that, that it would lead to me talking to, uh, Janine Daling and, uh, Dan West fucking four years later. Had no fucking clue. But here we are. Janine, you're in New York. Dan, you're in England. What the fuck? Right?
3: Yeah, what the right? fuck indeed. <laughs>
2: What wow, what the fuck <laughs> indeed. Uh so yeah, um, I you guys are listeners you are the uh heart and soul of the show and uh thank you for making 2016 so fucking amazing and dan you're a huge fucking part of this you have no fucking clue like seriously like you deserve like all the tvs in the world like uh it's true yeah
1: all true
2: yeah all our tvs are belong to dan like dan (laughs) like you know seriously uh you're amazing, man. Like, I, like, I don't tell you this enough. Like, you're one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Meeting you was, was amazing. I couldn't believe that, holy shit, here's this guy, uh, that's been stalking us for like two years. No, I'm Damn kidding. Straight. Stalking is a joke. But no, here's this guy that's been <laughs> listening to us for like, you'd been listening to us for like, at least two years by that point. And here you are and you're hanging out with us. And dude, you fit in. Like, you fit in. Like, you were definitely a part of us. So, I mean, we're on, <laughs> We're on my we're on Jay's porch and uh and I'm making we're we're talking about the mask canada <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: like
3: You know. you broke me with that <laughs> <laughs> And then I couldn't keep it together when he mentioned her on the show. Either <laughs> ridiculous.
2: I know. Oh man, it's
3: such a oh, Christ. it's so much. Man, thank fun. Thank you so much for saying that, man. I really do appreciate it. And uh, like, I mean, I know you say that we're all awesome, but we wouldn't fucking be here without you guys. You know, none of this would have happened if you didn't start the show. So, thank you very much from me, and thank you very much from the army. It's been fucking incredible, and long may it continue.
2: We'll see how long it goes, man. I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not making any promises. <laughs> I'm not making any promises, but I'm also not making any threats. So, um, <laughs> we'll see how long it goes. And uh, Janine, you and Rebecca are just amazing, and um, your contributions and what you mean uh, to the show is awesome. I think it was Scott Shudi. He was talking about how your sister Rebecca is the uh, the queen. Of, what, what did he say? Like <laughs> He it, said that
1: she's the queen of the leftover army. That's right.
2: That's right. I ought to, No, hold on. I think both of you need to be the queens. It needs to be a uh, queen squared. So, oh. yeah. Yeah, don't listen to Scott.
1: <laughs> no, I love Shooty.
2: Yeah, Shooty's awesome. Shooty's a good dude. Shooty's a good dude. But, uh, yeah, I, I I put you both on that pedestal. So, oh. Yeah, it's throwing that out there.
1: Well, if I can just say that Dan, you know, you are like you're like the king of the leftover army. Truthfully, um, <laughs> when you like when I when you like any of my posts in the leftover army page, my heart like skips a beat because so I'm like, oh my god, Dan likes something that I posted. <laughs> You
0: need
1: to
2: get you know, out I'm more. serious. I'm so serious. Oh my god! And then Brian, she's like, got no. She's got She's got like your poster on her wall and shit. Like, <laughs> like your fucking like new kids on the block and shit.
3: <laughs> no, no, not that good. Man.
2: Okay, all right, all right. Well,
3: Sc- maybe, may- man, maybe, maybe Scott just... Baio. <laughs> yeah. well as soon as you brought up the tvs very very quick thank you to uh johnny tom greg steve frank uh john hoxby obviously rebecca and janine jared dan hunter kelly Claiborne, ty purvis and dave thank you guys so much and and they know what i'm talking about so that's fucking thank you
2: that's awesome
3: well what a couple of days (laughs)
2: Alright, uh, guys, I think this is it. Uh, I have nothing left. I have nothing left to give. Nothing le-
3: <laughs> It's time for sleepy time. <laughs>
2: yeah, yes, definitely I'm, for you.
3: I'm very drunk.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so
2: we will be back, we will be back, uh, next week for a proper, well, it'll be the Tupperwares, so it would be the fourth annual. And then uh, after that, we'll be back for a regular episode. So thank you, Janine. Thank you, Dan, for joining me. And we will see you next week.
3: You're very welcome. Thank you, Brian. Take care, Army.
2: Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap.
0: Happy like shooting at a wall, Brad. But it's all been done before. And we don't wanna be a copycat. We're the leftovers, picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna to toss it, gonna to taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware Party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said? Leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing that is Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good have already been done before. So we should separate the wheat from the chaff. And we're the chaff. The crap. Even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the poor kids. It, it, it's a trap. And toss it good and taste. It. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Raise it, let's embrace the tougher wear party. Subculture culture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, over Pop culture left over. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Left Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture left over. Taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it Can't erase it, let's embrace it Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, push over Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say has already been said Leftovers sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture Leftovers